Hello and welcome to Queering Desi. I'm your host, Priya. As a South Asian queer, gender non-conforming person, I have learned a lot in my journey of self-acceptance and building community. So in each episode, I will bring you a slice of South Asian LGBTQ life with a guest who exemplifies what it means to be who you are and to live your truth. I like to create a safe and open discussion with our guests and listeners. So if the topics on this podcast are controversial, please know the opinions expressed are that of the guests and host, and we don't mean any offense. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This week, I had the pleasure of talking to Anthony Amardu, who you may know from the Great British Bake Off. Anthony is a banker by day and a baker by night. But more than that, Anthony is truly a friendly and genuine guy. He shares personal things from coming out and his journey as a queer man, all the way to his favorite foods, Bollywood films, and more. I will admit, we spend a lot more time talking about the show than talking about queerness. But if you're a fan of the show, you're in for a treat. And even if you're not, Anthony is a delight and he shares his story, something we can all relate to. So without much further ado, here's Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Hey, uh, how are you? Not too bad. I'm super excited for this. I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours, so this is very exciting for me. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I just want to, before we start, give our listeners who may not know you, which if they don't know you, I give them permission to stop listening and get on Netflix and watch this ASAP. But for folks that don't know you, can you can you take a minute to share a little bit about yourself, your pronouns, uh, and who you are? Absolutely. I'm, um, I'm an Indian lad uh, living in London now. And um, I work for a bank, but I love baking. And I was in a baking show. And hence, if you haven't seen it, please get on Netflix and watch the great British baking show. Um, and uh, yeah, my passion is baking and um, all things baking. And of course, also India and all things India, the spice, the drama, the, the music and all of it. Oh my God, the Bollywood baker, as they called you. <laughs> yeah, the Bollywood baker. And it's, it's uh, I don't know if you, if you watch the show, there's so much of drama in there. And in my bakes, in my face, in everything I do, I think there's, a, there's quite a lot of drama. So Bollywood needs <laughs> to go, go for drama. Right? Oh, we love it. We love it. I mean, that's, that's kind of the first question I had for you, which is what was it like being on the show? Like, what was it really like? It well, the show itself is stunning. It's a family show. It's so much a love. The production company uh, for for the Great British Baking Show is one of the best people I've met. They're they're warm. They're welcoming. And and you know what? It's it's just camaraderie. You are put in a tent with twelve other random people from across the UK, right? And it's it's amazing how you just make friends you speak baking and then and then you make and trust me you make the best of friends some of them i think i'll have for the rest of my life and even till date are all of my bitching buddies and everything else um so yeah sorry if i can't use uh bitching no you totally can <laughs> it's totally fine <laughs> um so yeah you, you it's it's great so the the, the show itself is superb to ask further, like, how did you find out about it? And how did you get into that? And maybe that speaks to a little bit about how you found baking, but maybe we can work our way backwards to how you found the show. Sure. So baking itself is a, is a very fond memory for me. Back in the days, so I was born in Pondicherry, 
a little French colony in, in the southeast of Asia, just below Chennai, and brought up in Bangalore, now called Bengaluru. And my dad was very close to everything baking, right? He was, he was a man with many skills. Uh, baking was one of his, and that's the one that I got very close to him with. So as a kid, he used to bake Victoria sponges, these beautiful meatloaves, delicious Christmas cakes. And till date, I, I still remember the smell of our kitchen during Christmas. It was just so beautiful. And I love, I, I love my old man. And that's why I, I sort of get my inspiration for baking from my old man. I miss him to bits. Mm. That's wonderful. I mean, I think like those early influences are so um, they're so close to our heart. And it was very visible on the show that you baked with passion. I mean, you I know it got stressful at times, or at least it appeared to but you seem to be one of the people that was really truly having fun with what you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So uh, one other story with uh, the Bake Off is I didn't Mm -hmm. sign up for the Bake Off. My friend Uh signed me up for Bake Off and it was all a surprise. I went. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was all a surprise. And and I still remember it was my it was my 29th birthday. I was I was sunbathing in Grand Canaria. And then I mm-hmm. got this call from Love Production saying, hey, you've been uh, chosen for the Great British Bake Off. And I'm like, what? You're kidding me, right? This show, this epic show. I've been watching year on year. I'm on this show. And uh, that's how it all started. And that's how my journey started. But, but, but to, your, to your point, I guess I walked into the tent completely to have fun, to get to know people, to to play around with flavors and, and just have a really good time. That's what I did, except for bread. That stressed me out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there one, can you tell, tell us about that? Like what's, what was the hardest part about being in there? So, well, you know what? Bread week normally isn't that early on, on the show, right? But this year it was, I think, week three. And mm. bread's my total nemesis because the first bread I baked was in January, I think, uh, last year. Mm. But anyway, uh, bread week, I knew I was going to be extremely stressed. I walked into that tent and I said, oh my God, I really hope I pull this together. And then you have Paul Hollywood, he's all things bread. And he was walking around with his really judgmental eyes, which is extremely scary. (laughs) And then you're sat there with, oh my God, I haven't done too much of bread. I'm hoping I pass this test. And then, well, the first, the first challenge was all right mixed comments. The second challenge was non-bread. And then that went down south, right? Just rolled down the mountain so badly. And then everyone there seemed to have, seemed to think if you're Indian, you can make non-bread. But <laughs> there is no non-bread down south. Who makes non-bread down south? Yeah, that's true. They make chapatis, they make rotis, and they make dosas. So, um, <laughs> I still remember one of the judges saying, uh, your mom is going to be really upset. But hey, guess what? My mom never made none. <laughs> so yeah, it was oh an interesting one that week. But extremely stressful. But I left with, you know, um, such happy tears. And, and I still say happy tears because I was weeping like a baby. Not because I, I got eliminated that week, but because I had to say bye to that lovely journey and all of those lovely people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was bummed. I definitely thought that you were going to last a lot longer. I was very bummed about that. Um, I'm also curious who coined the term Bollywood Baker. Was that something you brought in or was that something the show kind of tried to uplift for you? I think it was a show that sort of uplifted that for me, right? We did a couple of Bangra steps here and there. Um, Sandy and my <laughs> absolutely love Sandy. On the show, what she is, is, is what she is in, in real life, right? Uh, such a stunning woman. And I think 
a flag flag bearer for everyone in our community. But yeah, so that's how I think it came about. So we were we were popping and locking some Bangra steps in there, and I said, "Hey, I like Bollywood. I like drama. I like color." So any ideas? And they said, well, let's coin Bollywood Baker. Then that's where it came from. Bollywood Baker, hashtag Bollywood Baker. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love that. I also loved that moment of you teaching those steps. I think like still sometimes like seeing the South Asian representation on television, people that are being open about the identity, obviously Rahul and Ruby were there with you as well. And so kind of seeing just a larger South Asian representation and and of, of course with the colonial history, it was somewhat redeeming <laughs> to be like, well, here we are in your country, you know, teaching you Bhangra. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it's an interesting one. The first week when we walked into that tent, um, we were, you, you know how you discuss all these recipes and all of that. And yeah. then it was Pi week, which was, I think, week five or six. I can't remember when. And then Ruby, Rahul and myself just started discussing, hey, what are you doing for pie? And then I say, I'm making a curry pie. Rahul says he's making a curry pie. Ruby says she's making a curry pie. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Forget the bake off. This is like a proper curry off in UK, man. It was uh, it was epic. Oh my god, that's amazing! See, I love that because I think like you guys, you definitely never shied away from bringing your identities, and I think like that is part of what makes that show so gripping is that you can see really like these are these are real people, but you see their you see their personalities, you see them under stress, you see them at times of joy, at times of sadness, like you get this full range. And I think that's why people identify with y'all so much because it just, you feel that passion. And of course there's like the competitive part, but this show does a really good job of making you guys seem off screen as well. Like just um, like amazing, gripping, real people, you know? And, and I loved that about you guys specifically, just, just to be able to identify with y'all. I, I really appreciated that as a viewer. Yeah. And, and you know, there is, there is competition, right? A few of us are in it just to have a really nice time. Few of them are in it to win the competition. Of course, it is it is the Great British Bake Off, and to win that is is one of the most epic things that could could happen in your life. But but yeah, to to that point, you're in that tent for for a good good I think eight to nine hours a day, and actually a little bit more than that. And you go through ups and downs, and it's what you see on the camera is literally all of the, that eighteen hours of I think about eighteen hours or filming, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe less, all just put into that one hour. But mm. the emotions you see, you go through every single emotion in that mm-hmm. tent for every single challenge. Mm-hmm. You cry, you laugh, yeah, you hug, you 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 moan about the, the person in front of you jumping up and down, which was normally me. But yeah, <laughs> a lot happens in that tent. That's amazing. Uh, what is Paul Hollywood really like? <laughs> you know what? A lot of people have asked me this question. Paul Hollywood is such a stunning man. I cannot tell you enough. He is, he's an absolute sweetheart. And Mm -hmm. people think he's not helpful, but he is super helpful. So I still remember bread week. I was not too sure about how much yeast I'd put into my, to my dough. He gave me a quick lesson on how to check if if you've got enough yeast in your, in your dough and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's long, uh, uh, you know, a lot, he does come across a little menacing, but he is he is one stunning man. He is very helpful. And of course, one of the one of the best bakers in the world, right? And he's all about bread. His his skills are, are next level. But yeah, he is he's a he's a very sweet man, very friendly and uh, very nice. And and I'm glad to hear that, Anthony. I think we think one of the greatest things, like as I mentioned, like being able to see that authentic side of all of you. 
But I think after the show, it's been great to also see that you've been friends with folks. You mentioned this as well, but I follow you and Ruby specifically, um, as well as a few others. But I see that you guys hang out like and I, I like what has it been like after the show, especially not only the response you've gotten, but but mingling with these friends that you've made now kind of beyond the show. So, so the, like I mentioned before, the show is you, you make real life friends in the show, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's the bigger 12 bakers. Of course, I love everyone to bits, but Bryony, Imelda, myself, Ruby and Manon sort of hit it off from, uh, from week one. And mm-hmm. we've been very close after that sort of catching up in, uh, in, we're going to be catching up in Bristol very soon. We're going to go to Ireland together to catch up with Imelda. So, so yeah, we are a proper close knit group. My bestie, of course, nah, I, 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 and I love her is Ruby. She is mm-hmm. stunning and I will never let her go. Of course, I want to get married to her at some point. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so Ruby has sort of helped me out with a lot of what I put out now on Instagram with uh, sort of just, you know, helping me with this entire direction after the Bake Off. Uh, and and you know what? It's everyone. All the twelve bakers are always helping each other in on social media or with ideas to 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 you know launch mm. new YouTube channels, etc. So we are, we are a bunch of helpful people to, uh, with each other, and it's it's stunning to see that, right? Because everyone's everyone's trying to do the same thing, but everyone's still helping each other. Um, and the market uh, the market is pretty small for bakers. I'm quite sure. And to, un- to to see people that that help each other even in that sort of challenging environment is is stunning. I think. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I know Rahul didn't have social media for a long time, and then recently got it. And I see all of you just comment and and support. And I just, I mean, that's. I think, yeah, maybe maybe it is a small niche. I'm not sure about that, but I, I just in that it's like you guys are all stars. Like it, it wasn't just one winner. Of course, it was, but. You, you all came out like on top and, and all, I think all of us really appreciate that. And, and you being so open with your lives, I think that's hard to ask of anyone. Has it been, has that changed for you? Like pre and post show? Have you, have you felt a sense of like shift in just like a public eye or, or people stopping you on the street? Like, does that happen to you? Uh, well, people stopping me on the street is, is actually super, but I'm a little bit of a diva, I think. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. It is a little cringe, I must say. At the start, you know, at the start, I still remember the first week I stepped out of work and then this lady said, oh my God, you're from Great British Bake Off. You know how you say namaste in India, right? With your hands folded, with your your palms folded. And I went, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. With a proper Indian bob. It it was a little cringe. But then from then on, I think I, I really like speaking to people and speaking of how they think the show was this year and how much they loved us and all of that. There's, and, and you know what, coming from India and I've lived here just for two years, I thought I'm not going to get that love and people might not warm up to me, but the amount of love I've gotten from, from the crowd here is, is stunning. And I'm thankful and I love it. In terms of social media, I mean, that's an interesting one. Before the Bake Off, I hated social media, like Instagram and everything else was a no-no. I didn't want to spend time on there and mm-hmm. things like that. But after the Bake Off uh, and, and after you, you're now like this public figure and everyone's sort of watching what you're posting, etc., I'm slowly starting to like it. The, the amount of exposure you get and the number of people that you connect with on social media is just stunning. And um, yeah, that's one thing I think that's changed before and after my entire mm. social media presence, if, if, I, if I may say. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's part of what brings, for me, the joy of social media. It can be so many things, but feeling like as as just a random person on the street, like I, I have access to folks that I never would have, like yourself. Like, and I feel, I feel included, even though it's 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 what you choose to share. But I think what I always appreciate about folks on social media who who are able to give that side of themselves is is the ability to connect. And I think. I felt that connection with you immediately. And I, I'll be honest, I had to Google you because I didn't want to assume your identity. Um, but I Googled you and I was like, I have to have Anthony on the show because <laughs> here's a South Asian like queer person who's like on this amazing show. And then who is like, re- like pretty open. And like, that's just, again, still in 2019, that doesn't just happen very much. And I, I want to hear your story. Like, I, I don't want to just focus on coming out, but you grew up in India. Like, What's it been like for you to kind of realize your identities? And, and I, I mean, we can bring it back to the show as well, but bringing that to, to a platform like the show and then beyond, like, what is your, what is your journey with your identity been like? Wow. Great question. And you know what? I, and you, I think this is the first interview where I'm going to mention this and, um, and, and I, I'm, I'm extremely proud of this. Right. And thank you so much again for, for having me on the show. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people don't know this. I have. A, I came out to my family only in the beginning of last year, mm. and that was that is twenty nine years of well, not twenty nine years. How many other years I was in the closet, right? Mm. Uh, but it was massive for me. It was to come come out as an Indian man is a lot. The amount of stress I I was under was was mind blowing. Just before I went to went to India. So, so it, this has been, you know, works in Spanner for, for, for about a couple of years. So I said a couple of years back, I said, okay, this is the date I'm going to come out to my mom, my brother and my sister-in-law. And I did it, even though the great British Bake Off was just starting then. Um, just before, I think we started filming a week before that I was in India, uh, for this big coming out party. And you know what, after, after I came out to my family, it was it was a weight off my shoulders, and from then on, it's been absolutely stunning living my whole self and and being a South Asian and being to and being able to say the story. I think is just been super liberating. Now that said, what happened after the after I came out, of course, was the show, and and then I hadn't told a lot of my friends and all of that, and then straight out there. I'm on a baking show, which, which is so huge and I'm coming out on the, on the show. So it was, um, the show actually helped sort of communicate to the rest of the world that I'm gay. <laughs> uh, but, so, so it's been one hell of a, hell of a roller coaster ride, really 2018, but I wouldn't change a thing. Now that said, I think, I think in Asia and in, in India, particularly, it is still a taboo, right? You still look down mm. on, and I don't, I don't blame anyone for it uh, because I just don't think they understand it. And I think mm. it's, it's only educational and only that can change, change things around there because there's the religious side to it. There's the cultural side to it. And then there's the, you know, the, well, when I say cultural, there's the go to college, get a car, get a house, get married. And that's your li- life cycle. And if you don't follow that, something's wrong with you. So that needs to change. And I think it's, it's a lot to do with just educate, educating people about what it is. 
and um, you know, and 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 stopping a lot of these stereotypes that are in our community. But yeah, it's been it's been mind blowing. Twenty eighteen is uh, truly truly uh, been liberating and great. Yeah, no, that's I I love what you said there because I think that that is what makes it so complex about just being who we are is it's just one facet of, of all these other identities that we have as South Asians. And, and it can be, it can be so intermingled with those things, but it can also just be its own thing. And I, not mm. only is it education, I think a big part of it, at least for someone who didn't grow up there, I can say like growing up here, my only access was the yearly trips we took back. And then also like Bollywood and media and to not see people like myself or to see us as like a joke or a stereotype was really hurtful. And I didn't realize that until much later when I was actually seeking those things. But I I wonder a little bit about what it was like for you, because I think, you know, personally, like you receive, you know, as growing up, you receive messages. Oh, don't be. Why do you why are you so tomboyish or why are you so, you know, so did you did you face things like that? And and how did it kind of resonate with you in terms of coming to terms with yourself long before you even kind of told people? You know what? So I used to take offense if someone said, why are you acting gay? Hmm. And that used to be, if someone had to say something mean to you, they'd say, stop being gay. And I used to take quite a bit of an offense to that, but I couldn't do much about it because hadn't come out. I was still the straight man trying to trying to live a straight life and be this macho. But it was a challenge. I, what, what do I say? So, so my journey through like the seven, eight years of actually knowing what, what it meant for me was, was, was challenging because you're living two different lives and you're, I'm also, I'm also a, a Catholic, right? And, and I come from a very conservative Catholic family. So I was questioning myself. I was, I was, I was questioning if I had a disease myself. So, so I was homophobic myself hmm. until the first time I came to London, uh, I think four years back. And I said, you know what? It's normal to be gay. It isn't a disease. Hmm. So the, the society and the culture made me think it was a disease. And they made me question a lot of what I did, what I liked and my attraction to, 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 uh, men, etc. But I think a lot of it needs to change in your own head first. And you've got to, I, for, for one, had to embrace what I wanted and myself before I st- started judging the world and started judging everyone in India. So that was my journey, right? My journey was was frustration, was embarrassment, was living these two lives, trying trying to hide this and trying to get rid of this side of me, but hey, it isn't a disease and you got to embrace it you, and you got to do what's right for you. Um, so mm-hmm. that, was, that was my eight years. I, I can't, uh, thankfully, touch wood and I can't remember any terrible stories or things that affected me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know a lot of kids in college. And I remember back in the days when I was studying, there was this one kid that actually came out and that guy got so much, so much stick for it, right? And mm. and bless him, he's done so well for himself and mm. uh, in the community and sort of helping LGBTQ and, and and things like that. But yeah, it was it was a taboo. It was an absolute taboo with yeah. with everyone, your teachers, your friends, your family. So it's difficult. But yeah. but I guess but I guess it's it's how much you want to embrace it and how much you want to change your life. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think like part of it for me, it feels like it's been easier or quote unquote easier to be a little removed from that culture. Like I grew up very traditional as well. And my, my, my family was also pretty traditional, but it, it kind of helped that we were, we were geographically isolated. Like there was like one of the first questions my dad asked me was like, what are we going to tell people in India? And that's a very yeah. valid question. But I also, I also don't live in the same city as my parents. So I, I get the somewhat privilege of saying, Hey, this is like your journey as well. You know, I get to be out and do my activism and do my work in a place that's separated from both my nuclear family and my extended family. And, and I, I had to acknowledge that that was kind of their journey as well, but I had, I had that freedom to do so. And I think a lot of people don't, and a lot of people like to be able to come into your own, sometimes you need actual physical space as well. So I personally was very thankful for that, at least for myself. And I think I hope hopefully for my family as well, like it was something that they could they could kind of embark upon without the constant jeering or the constant kind of feeling that that this thing was was on display or it was uncomfortable or and and they were able to go on that journey and and get to that place of acceptance and love on their own time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's you know what? I don't think my mom still understands it. Bless Mm -hmm. her. But you've got to give time. Once you've told, told the world about yourself, you've got to give them time to accept it and to sort of understand it in their own time. Because it took me a good six, seven years to, yeah. to accept it and understand myself. So why wouldn't you give them time? And I think it's unfair to sort of judge them and judge everyone in your surrounding as soon as you come out. I mean, a very good friend of mine said, you know what? Yeah, you're coming out, but, but don't expect the world to change. It's still the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, don't expect anything to change. It's still going to remain the same. I guess you've got to give it time and, and, and sort of work around it. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being honest about your journey. I, I really appreciate that because I think it takes a lot of like courage and bravery and, and I don't like to like use those words either because it's just you being you. Like it's not, I don't think we should get some special pedestal for being, um, open about it, but at the same time, like you are an icon for our community. And I just, I appreciate you being honest about your journey and your story. Cause I know visibility is part of that education. You know, if we have the privilege of being out, we're able to hopefully open some doors and change some minds. So, so thank you for sharing that. You know what? A lot of the aunties and uncles back in India still don't know. So if this, mm. reach, this, this is, uh, this is going to sort of hit, uh, hit news in the Omorudu family very soon. <laughs> well, well, even more thank you. I mean, I know that that can be, at least for me, like the idea of, of extended family finding out or, or making assumptions. Um, it can be hard um, and, and hard to navigate. And I know that's their journey. But um, again, thank you, because I think that's I think it's still important, you know, despite all of that. And I, I'm glad that you're able to, to tell your story in your words, because I think that's also important for people to just hear it literally from you. No, I'm absolutely delighted to tell you, Priya, everything about my, my story. And I'm, I'm really hoping this sort of goes out to people that are struggling, right? Uh, yeah. Because, because I, know, I know how it feels to, to live in India and, to, and, and uh, to be a gay man or a bisexual man or a, uh, or a lesbian. And I really hope this reaches people there in, in places in South Asia where they, they're still struggling with this stuff. To put them to ease, to say, listen... Take your time. It's it's your journey. Don't rush it. But yeah, it is. Um, I'm I'm delighted to be telling you the story because I want this to reach people that 
I mean, help people out, really. Thank, yeah, again, thank you just for being so open about that. It still blows my mind that I'm talking to you. So I have to kind of <laughs> bring it back <laughs> to like <laughs> reality. One of, the, one of the questions that I think will be a great kind of summation of what we've been talking about is what, what advice would you give to your younger self? Like if there's, if there's anything that you could say to young Anthony, what would it be? The one thing I'd say to my younger self is be brave. Mm. Is just go out and do what you think is the right thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I hit myself even till date. I lost my, my dad uh, five years ago. Mm. And the one thing that I would have done is stay true to him and tell him the story that I told my mom. And, and you know what, even till date, I tear up every time I, I speak of the story. But mm. brave is, is the one thing I changed from my younger self. And to have told my, if, if I told my dad that story back then, it would have, I, I'm quite sure I would have been in a very different place right now, at mm. least at ease in, in our relationship, in our relationship that I stayed true to, to him and uh, he stayed to, true to me. I feel like I didn't tell him that part of me. So mm. yeah, so just be brave and be honest and go get it. Uh, is is the one thing I tell my my younger self. Whatever it is, it, whether it's your your sort of sexuality, it's your religion, it's your various projects, it's your work, it's whatever. I I really think, um, yeah, if I could go back five six years years, that's the thing I would have done to to literally just go out and be honest and brave about every single thing. Mm. That's beautiful. I am so sorry for your loss, but that, that is a, that is a great way to look at it and, and great advice. I think even currently for a lot of folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to go into some like fun questions, both about baking and about food. So feel free to answer at your leisure. But one of my big questions for you is what is your favorite Bollywood film? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My favorite Bollywood film it's actually a really old movie called Bombay. Oh my God, I love Bombay. It is such a stunning movie. And A.R. Rahman's music in that, in that movie so and all of that is, I, I just love it. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, proper, I'm, I'm like old, old man in a really young skin, I think. <laughs> I feel yeah, that I love you. <laughs> do you have a favorite actor, actress, or uh, I guess music composer, maybe Rahman, but uh, do you have any other Bollywood favorites? I do have, you know what, Shilpa Shetty. Oh yes, very good choice. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's her. She's she she's an absolute favorite of my mom and mine. And then, you know what, this isn't Bollywood, but Hollywood down mm. south. Yes, my family is a big believer of Rajnikanth. Mm, yes, Rajnikanth. That's a, that's a great choice too. He's, I mean, he's a legend. So absolutely. Superstar, man. Superstar Rajnikanth. He's, he's, uh, even this time when I went back to Bangalore, which is just a couple of weeks back, the, the, the entire family went and watched his new, new movie, Peta. And we had such a bomb, just screaming, hooting, <laughs> listening, like, like, uh, yeah, yeah, absolute no manners in the theater when Rajnikanth's on there. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> I kind of love the visual of that. That's amazing. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been working on the uh, this film that's coming out now too. Um, it's called Ek Ladki Ko Dekha To Aisa Laga, and it's mm-hmm. this. Uh, it's the first. I think it's the first mainstream. I know there's been many indie ones, but mainstream like love story between women. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing, just as a Bollywood person, to 
see, like I grew up on Bollywood. I grew up thinking I was going to have my Rahul or my Prem, you know, come on on a white <laughs> horse and, you know, fight my family for my love and all these things. And then oh, that is overrated. Yes, yeah, it's just it is. It stuff. totally is. <laughs> but like I grew up thinking that and of course like part of coming out was realizing oh my god like all my my dreams have been shattered you know and then realizing that 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 wasn't really the case but but then to now see Bollywood kind of evolve into this uh into this place where this is even considered let alone happening by a mainstream film it's kind of amazing so I just wanted to mention that because it's it, I'm still not over it and I may not get over it <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm looking forward to this movie. Um, yeah, can't wait to watch it. Yeah, same. I also want to ask you your favorite desi food from any region. <laughs> My favorite desi food. You know what? The one thing I am th- that I'm not is is I'm not a posh food eater at all. Mm-hmm. I love uh, like little little hole in the wall sort of restaurants and uh, very basic food. And my favorite, I think is this biryani and prawn fry that you get in Pondicherry, where I was born. Mm. And my dad and I, I still remember when you were little kids, it's called Munyandi Vilas. Mm. Can you say that, Priya? Munyandi Vilas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, so it's a little hole in the wall, authentic Pondicherry food, right? It's spicy biryani and the best prawn fry ever. It's just beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's my favorite and still mm-hmm. remains my favorite. That's amazing. What is your favorite to cook? What's like your favorite recipe for, for just Indian food? So my favorite recipe is, of course, my, my mom's, uh, one of my mom's coconut curry with mm. chicken. It's just delicious. It's this beautiful, rich coconut curry with the, the lovely flavor of the curry leaves and pepper. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful coconut curry from down south. I, I'm quite sure you, you know curry in different regions in India is different. It's called different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything is a curry in London and in the UK. So yeah, that's what I love to cook. Oh, um, my mom's yeah. coconut curry leaf curry. That sounds so yummy. I mean, I, I haven't had lunch yet, so maybe that's why, but that sounds amazing. I have eaten as well. My mouth's watering at, at the military. Just thinking of- <laughs> well, we'll go to something a little less enticing. What is the, what is the, probably <laughs> the worst, uh, worst recipe you've made or like the recipe disaster? Um, something that you could tell us like that went horribly wrong. Oh my god, I've got I've got a lot of recipe disasters. And and trust me, my kitchen is mostly a disaster. And the one time I, uh, it's a success on Instagram. But I think my I can't well, very good question. I can't really remember a big disaster. Or I'm going to have to say maybe a cake that that completely sunk. So mm-hmm. I still remember this. I think this was back in back in um India. Mm-hmm. This was last last Easter. I tried making something like an entremet, and so the cake was all right. I made like a Victoria sponge, and then I made this panna cotta to set on top of it, and then a jelly to set on top of it. And this was Easter lunch. I was so proud of it because it, all of the elements tasted delicious. And then I removed the ring, and the entire thing went into one sloppy oh. mess in front of the entire family. And then there I was saying, I'm, I'm going to participate in the Great British Bake Off this year. <laughs> and then there was a sloppy mess in the middle of the table. Yeah, it wasn't a good sight and it uh, wasn't my happiest moment. But I think that was, that's my, that's a good disaster to remember. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's a good one. I want to do a little bit of a rapid fire about the show. I want to say like a word or a quality yes, and I want you to, if you can, if you're <laughs> open to it, name the person that like qualifies as that. 
Okay, who is the messiest? Rahul. <laughs> Why am I not surprised to hear that? <laughs> oh my God, I love but him. I love bits. Rahul, if you're listening to this, I really love you to bits. But yeah, I thought you were the messiest. <laughs> who is the loudest? I th- oh, Dan. Mm. Yeah. Right. Maybe Dan was a little loud, I think. Yeah, mm. Dan. Stick with Dan. Who is the most frantic? Dan. <laughs> I have a feeling a lot of the answers are going to be Dan. I think, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Dan. Okay. Who was the most like deliberate? Well, Kim Joy. Like if you oh, see her stuff, it's, yes. it's just beautiful. Yeah. Everything she did. Oh my God. She, she's beautiful. Yeah. Particular about every, every bake of hers had a beautiful story and her finish was just, yeah, mm. she was deliberate particular about her stuff who is the most stylish oh man hands down it has to be ruby <laughs> has to be ruby i mean yeah. have you seen her she's yes. just so we'd, we'd be a sweaty mess in that tent but she'd still look stunning i don't know how her she skin. did it <laughs> ah, i don't know she's you know what i'd like to i'd like to do makeup like the way she does but yes yeah, <laughs> she had it she had it all the sass, the beauty, and the style. Oh my god, I love that. Um, I don't want to I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the fastest? Who was the fastest? Um, Karen was the fastest. So she was mm-hmm. superb. She was quick at everything she did. Uh, and sh- and if you've watched the series, I think <laughs> it was the first or the second one. Uh, she was she was she was done way before just, like, all of us were chips or yeah. something. <laughs> Yeah, she was she was munching down an entire packet of crisp, um, and all of us were struggling to to the finish line. Yeah, it was Karen. <laughs> um, and who was your favorite judge or host? Prue was my favorite judge. Uh, she was such a beautiful, beautiful person, and I think from a flavor combination, I really wanted to resonate. A lot of my flavor combinations, I hoped resonated with her palate, mm-hmm. and 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 you know what, I I was. I was really looking forward to impress Prue. She was my favorite. And I think, listen, the hosts, I think I can't choose between Noel and Sandy. They're both just two most lovely people I've met. And and in their own, in in their sort of, in their own fashion, I just love the two of them. I can't choose between them. Yeah, no, that's fair. It sounds like a fun time overall. I I mean, I just, as a viewer, it was, it was such a joy to watch. So I can't even imagine having been part of it. Uh, just to wrap up, do, like, what's next for you? What's what's on the horizon? Like, I know you bake all the time. Your Instagram is full of beautiful pictures, but you know, what are you up to now? And and what are you? What is coming next for you? Well, um, interesting question. So, what next? I'm I'm still working because <laughs> baking doesn't really pay too much. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'm still working with the the lovely bank that I work at. What's next? What I want to do is really go back to South. South India. And I do think South Indian food hasn't seen the the world hasn't seen South Indian food yet. And I want to take that and make that famous. I want to make, you know, Kerala and Pondicherry and Bangalore, all of the that food more global. Mm. Um and 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 I think that's one of the things I really want to focus on this year is make South Indian food famous. So do like a I don't know, maybe travel blogs, do tra- if 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 I get signed up with some production company, some sort of a travel show with mm. food down south. 
And the other thing I want to do is really get better at baking. And I want to sort of challenge myself, challenge my skill and get better at it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to be focusing on for 2019. And uh, with all of that, I need to reduce all of this cake weight. So I need to get a little bit more fit because uh, <laughs> I'm going to climb uh, Mount Elbrus again this year uh, in July, I think. That's Europe's tallest mountain. So so yeah, 2019 is climbing mountains, um, baking, and uh, hopefully a lot of travel. That sounds amazing. I would totally watch a blog and or a travel show of you of you doing that. I mean, that just sounds amazing. And you seem like the perfect person for, for that. So I hope that that works out for you because I would totally watch. You should join me for one of those. Oh my God. It would be an honor. Truly, it would be an honor. <laughs> I'd love to Let, all right, let's first sell, sell this idea to a production company and then we'll uh, invite people. Right. Yeah, Sounds good. Um, thank you so much, Anthony. Um, that's all the questions that I had. Is there anything else I didn't get to that, that you wanted to mention? Absolutely not. Listen, I'm sent, thank you so much for having me on your podcast and I'm sending you, sending you and your entire team loads of love with all the work that you guys do. Big, big love to all of you and a big hug, big smile to all of you guys. And to everyone that's listening, right? Uh, listen, if you have any questions and if you want to hear of my story, etc., write to me on Instagram. I want to be able to help you guys. Uh, so reach out to me, have a chat with me. I am a friendly guy. I promise you I will respond. And Priya, and you can sort of opine to that. But but I'm hoping I'm hoping this is this helps at least a couple people. And and yeah, big love to all of you guys. This is gonna Trust help me so many it. people. Anthony, you'd have no idea. Yeah. I'm just sitting here in awe of you because absolutely you are incredibly friendly and you are all of the things that that everyone thinks that you are, you are all the things. And I can attest to that, but this is going to help a lot of people, Anthony. And I just want to, I want to thank you. And I want to, I want to encourage people to follow you on Instagram because it is, that is how I kind of reached out to you as well. Can you shout out your handle so people can come find you? Absolutely. Uh, it's my last name and my first letter of my first name, which is a-A-M-O-U-R-D-O-U-X. So A-O-M-O-R-D-O-U. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my Instagram handle. And I think it's the same even on Twitter. But but um, yeah, write to me, follow me and tell me what you think of this podcast. Yes. Yes. All of the things. Thank you so much, Anthony. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Priya, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Queering Desi. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes to help us spread the word and to make sure you get the latest episodes right to your phone every other week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Queering Desi. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please feel free to reach us on social media or drop us an email at queeringdesi at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.